Thanks for tuning in to the First NAS Podcast. Today we're continuing a sermon series called God's Kingdom Is, and Pastor Becca and Pastor Paul are talking about the kingdom of God being a mustard seed. Let's listen to Matthew chapter 13 as they preach. I, uh, will you turn with me in your Bible to Matthew chapter 13? I'm going to preach short, I promise. I have a few uh, just little housekeeping items to, to cover before I get to Matthew 13. Thank you. Uh, and uh, so quick housekeeping items. Remember prayer on Thursday mornings at 6 a.m. I pray with anybody who's willing via Zoom. So I'd love to have you join me at 6 a.m. via Zoom. Those links come out to our prayer list. So if you're uh, interested in, in getting those prayers, or those reminders and prayer requests, sign up for our prayer texts. Uh, uh, tonight, talent night, Pam mentioned it. Bring a snack to share is the one thing that uh, I don't know that we've mentioned well. And sign up, please. Uh, we do need, we, uh, we want the sublime and the incredible. And... Uh, you know, the, anything in between. <laughs> and so uh, sign up, uh, join us for Talent Night tonight, six o'clock here. Uh, camp signups started this morning. We, we have prizes for people who sign up early. And so I gave away one prize prior to camp signups actually opening because Dina Johnson came into the office and paid for camp before signups were even open. So sign up for camp. And then uh, da, 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 da. Angie Durding has been working to put together a work day at the Pennington's house. Uh, the Ryan Pennington, our, our pastor, our connections pastor, is fighting cancer. And we want to just bless their family. They have a, have a handful of uh, projects around the house that under normal circumstances, some of them would be big projects. Some of them would just be, be pretty easy uh, but Angie's got a list of those, and, and so next Saturday at 8 a.m., we're going to show up, 8, right? Uh, at 8 a.m., we're going to show up at the Pennington's and work on a handful of projects there, and uh, if, you're, if you're curious about specific projects, you can speak with Angie. Uh, folks have wanted to be generous to the Pennington's, uh, we, uh, and, and we want to facilitate that. Uh, we're, we're glad we've had a handful of people who want to give specifically to projects uh, for, for, that are, are happening around there. You're welcome to give to, through the church for those, uh, or you're welcome to give directly to the Penningtons, however, however you feel led by the Lord. And so we want to just make sure that uh, those who want to be generous have an avenue for being generous. And so uh, we're, we're glad to facilitate uh, help for the Penningtons that way. And by God's grace, uh, the Lord continues to provide, and so we, we give thanks to God for that. Well, over, over the last couple of weeks, we've been looking at Matthew chapter 13, and Matthew chapter 13 is a, a chapter of parables. Jesus is teaching parables about the kingdom of heaven. Uh, Pastor Brooke Thomas, missionary Brooke Thomas, started out with the, the first parable, the parable of the sower. Uh, all the seed going on the different soils and producing different crops or not producing at all based on the soil. And, and then last week, Pastor Becca did an incredible job talking about the, the weeds among the wheat. 
And so we have this, this idea the kingdom of heaven is really a foundational teaching of Jesus. When Jesus began his public ministry, he began te- by, by saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. His first public words of teaching that are recorded in the gospel of Matthew, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then after that, we get the, the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount is like Jesus's kingdom manifesto. It tells people what the kingdom of heaven really is. And and one of the things that we understand about that then is that the kingdom of heaven has, Jesus says, repent, it's at hand. But then he teaches his disciples a little later on, pray that the kingdom will come on earth as it is in heaven. Becca, when you talked last week about the kingdom of heaven, you talked about this kind of yes now, but not quite yet reality. Would you just elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah. Um, so Jesus has come, and this is good news, right? This is the good news that we celebrate at Easter or at Christmas, um, that Jesus has come. The, the kingdom has been ushered in. But last week we talked about the parable of the wheat and the weeds and how the weeds are here too right? We have evil amongst us. Um, And at the end of that parable, Jesus says that there is coming a time when those weeds will be taken care of and the kingdom of God will be here in its fullness, in its actuality, without needing to have that evil anymore. But right now, we do have the weeds around and we do have evil around. And so we are called to be planted right where we are and to continue to grow Um, because the kingdom is here. And I wanted to share a quick story. Um, There is a pastor when I was about 10 years old, not at this church. I didn't grow up here like Pastor Paul did. Um, (laughs) It's not a requirement. Not a requirement. Um, But the pastor that was at our church, it was really impactful. At 10 years old, I heard him say that it was his goal in life to have a deathbed conversion. And I remember this, and this has stuck with me. He said, I want to live my life. I I believe in God, but I want to live my life the exact way I want to live it. I want to do all the fun things, and on my deathbed, I'll go ahead and give my life to God because then I can go to heaven. Um, And he is now a, I believe he's still a president of one of our Nazarene Nazarene colleges. Um, I think he's still there. Um, But he said, you know what, the kingdom, God got a hold of my heart. And it's not something that you can just wait for. And that's what I want to share is that the kingdom of God is here and we have hope now. And that salvation comes now. And it's not something that we need to wait for um, until when we die, which is where he thought of when he was younger. And he realized, no, God can get a hold of your heart. Yeah. And, and you, you highlighted God's incredible patience with the process. The, the master in the parable of the weeds and the wheat says, just wait, just wait wait until we harvest, and then we'll take care of it. And, and you really highlighted the, that incredible patience and wisdom of God that says, just wait. It may not look like much now, but just wait. And I want to continue with that. Is, um, there's patience because God's kingdom is growing. Um, it's hard sometimes to look around and think, is anything even happening? Mm-hmm. Like this, everything's falling apart. Um, and I shared a story, and I want to highlight that there were no people in the space shuttle that I mentioned <laughs> last week. Sorry that I did not include that when I was sharing. Nobody, nobody was in there. Um, but the, sp- the spaceship, <laughs> that's been weighing on my heart all week <laughs> that I didn't share that nobody was in there. Um, but in that situation, the spaceship was self-destructed because there was no hope for it. 
And God has not, he's not done with us. We are not a lost cause. His Amen. kingdom is growing. Amen. Well, both Brooke and Becca have tried to walk that tightrope between the kingdom of heaven and the church. And, and we recognize there, there's this truth that the kingdom of heaven is not the church and the church is not the kingdom of heaven. But there's this mysterious way that the kingdom is using the church on earth. And so as we, as we consider the way that the kingdom and the church work together, we're just going to be, we're going, kind of going to be drawn back and forth and pulled on, on this tightrope of, of trying to understand how it is that, that the church is like the physical representation of this kingdom reality, the spiritual reality that transcends any physical group of people. It transcends any organization. The kingdom of heaven is greater than the church. And, and the church is, is not a perfect representation of, of the kingdom. The church is not a perfect representation of the kingdom. However, when the Apostle Paul talks about the way believers live in the world as citizens of the kingdom of heaven, one of the things he says in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, the Apostle Paul says, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. When, when an ambassador goes to a different country and lives on the embassy, the, the embassy in a different country is the territory of that country. We, we as a family, when we lived in Ecuador, we went to the... the uh, embassy, the U.S. embassy in Quito a couple of times, and, and when we, we drove by it quite a bit, and we would see old glory waving in the wind, and it was, it stirred our hearts, and I would sing, you're a grand old flag, and, but when we, when we actually entered the embassy, it, it was a special experience. It was like, here is the place, we are on U.S., soil so far from from our own country and trying to reinforce that with our kids the church isn't isn't the kingdom but there's something that's special from the king for the kingdom's sake when when the ambassadors of the kingdom gather together for for looking to our king and remembering our king we need to to kind of move into the passage, though, that did you want to say something, though, before? We need to kind of move into our passage for today. Becca, would you mind reading for us? We're going to look at, a, at a, the next parable in Matthew chapter 13 that deals with the kingdom of heaven, and Jesus gives another illustration of the kingdom of heaven. Go ahead, Pastor uh, Becca. Will you stand with me for the reading of the gospel? Here is another illustration Jesus used. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed planted in a field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of garden plants. It grows into a tree, and birds come and make nests in its branches. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed planted in a field. It, there's not a lot of interpreting that needs to go into this passage. This is a passage where Jesus is trying to show that the kingdom of heaven has potential for explosive growth, right? It's, it's about the explosive growth. It's, he highlights the, the tininess of a mustard seed. I saw mustard seeds in the, in the grocery store yesterday. I thought about buying some as an illustration, but it'd be a really lame illustration because they're just tiny. If I made like a pile of, a, of them here, it'd be, it'd be lame, 
because they're just tiny, right? They're like a tenth of an inch. So you line up 10 of them and they, they make an inch. Uh, they're, they're little round seeds. They're, they're probably pretty hard uh, to, to sow evenly and they're probably pretty frustrating when you're harvesting the seeds because they're round and they'll, they'll just go anywhere, I would imagine. And, and so, but they make a delicious condiment, don't they? So, no. <laughs> uh, well, Jesus, Jesus focuses on the incredible growth that comes from that tiny seed, though, right? So mustard plants grow, depending on species, they grow anywhere between six feet tall, so I'm, I'm about six feet tall, and 20 feet tall. I don't know where 20 feet lands. This is probably, I think this room, I don't know how tall it is. Uh, the, between six feet tall and 20 feet tall. In exceptional cases, a mustard plant could grow up to 30 feet tall. And, and mustard plants can, can generally grow 20 feet wide. So this tiny little seed, this tiny little seed creates this, this huge, this huge plant that takes over, right? I mean, you can imagine if you plant that next to your tomatoes, your tomatoes are not going to be happy about all that shade. The, the, these come in and they take over from that tiny one, tiny little seed makes that enormous plant. And, and Jesus is highlighting the, the tininess of the seed and the enormity of the plant, that explosive growth, the incredible growth that happens as, as the, little, the, humble, the humble mustard seed grows. But organic growth, Organic growth like that means an explosion in seed production as well. In the, in the case of mustard, modern mustard farmers, people who grow mustard in, in agriculture, I did a little research this week, it was pretty exciting, mustard agriculture. Mustard, mustard growers plant about five pounds of mustard seed per acre, so about five pounds of seed per acre. Their expected yield then, about 800 pounds. So from, from five pounds of, of seed to 800 pounds of seed in one crop. Five seeds to 800, explosive, explosive growth. Uh, I'm reminded of, of the Christian author, Alan Hirsch. Alan Hirsch likes to say that every seed is a tree in potential. Every seed is a potential tree. Every tree is a potential forest. He applies that to, to Christianity. So, so you can see that, right? Every seed could grow a tree. Could grow, you know, you think of a pine tree, could grow a huge pine tree. Every pine tree, all those seeds scattered out, that's a forest. He, he applies that to the Christian faith. Every believer is a community of believers in potential. Every, every believer has has the DNA of the kingdom implanted in us and has potential for explosive growth. Every community of believers is a movement in potential. Every community of believers could be so much more than what one little community of believers is because we all have the DNA of the, of the kingdom implanted in us. You know, scientists talk about the, the drive of nature to reproduce the DNA, that, that plants exist to propagate their own DNA, to make seeds, to spread them, to get them sown, to, to grow more plants, to keep that, that uh, species alive. Genesis talks about it. When God created 
uh, plants, he, he created plants to, to produce after their own kind, right? We, we are created to, to create more. We believe that this kingdom DNA, this, this kingdom DNA, it's pretty small. It comes in a, in a pretty tiny, tiny package. The DNA of the kingdom of heaven consists of a very concise message, the church makes it pretty complex. <laughs> like a mustard seed that puts out a lot of green that isn't seed, the church makes, makes the, the kingdom DNA pretty complex sometimes. But the, the message of the kingdom is very simple. There is a king who loves you and who will, who will welcome into his kingdom anyone who will love him. We love King Jesus by obeying his commands, doing what he taught. And his commands, his teaching can be boiled down to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And that is the DNA of the kingdom. That's what God is trying to reproduce in every human being. And, and that simple message can create a movement if, if we take it and continue to believe that God is, is calling us to spread that good message, that, that DNA of the kingdom to the world around us. Uh, when I think of this imagery, I think of the humble beginnings of the kingdom. Um, and I think of Jesus coming as a vulnerable baby. Um, that is not the way that I would bring about a massive kingdom. <laughs> but that's the way that God chose to bring about his kingdom was in humble beginnings where Jesus's first visitors were shepherds who were, again, lowly, who didn't have a whole lot of influence. And then Jesus grows up to, to do ministry, and his 12 disciples, again, are not those that have so much influence in the world. But that's how he created his kingdom, was out of these believers who continued to grow and grow and grow. And as after Jesus um, went back to heaven, these, these believers, these disciples, continued to grow the church and continued to grow the kingdom because they had believed and wanted to bring other people alongside that. And then I think of us, and I think that we are also part of that, that God has chosen to use sinners, which is us, and yet when we believe and we come in and we can participate in kingdom growth, then he will continue to give us his Holy Spirit and be able to do that. And this is that explosion that you're talking about. And what the Christian author said is, even us who are sinners can continue to bring about God's kingdom. Yeah, amen. The, uh, I want to talk about our specific flavor of DNA and the way that first NAS, we, we have a specific picture of how we can make resilient believers in Jesus, kingdom citizens in our valley. And I'm going to talk about that more in the future. Uh, for, <laughs> I'm going to skip a little bit. Uh, and and I, Jesus obviously is making this, this image of explosive growth uh, but there's another image that only shows up in this parable that I, I just can't skip over. And maybe, maybe it's, it's more than, than what Jesus actually means, but the imagery of the bird, right? The, the kingdom of heaven is a seed planted, a tiny mustard seed grows in this huge thing. Birds of the air come and they make their nests in them. This is a wrinkle in the kingdom imagery that doesn't show up in the other parables in Matthew chapter 13. So I just want to, I want to look at it because I think Jesus maybe was trying to communicate something specific here. Maybe it's just 
further, further unpacking of the explosive growth, right? You, you imagine like the mustard seed, it wouldn't be so much as a snack for a bird uh, by itself and it grows into something that it can shelter, it, a, a bird could shelter itself in. But there's, there's also, I want to consider the way that Jesus uses the imagery of a bird in the Gospel of Matthew already. Because in Jesus' kingdom manifesto, in the, in the Sermon on the Mount, when Jesus is talking about what it looks like to live as a citizen of the kingdom of heaven on earth, he, he talks about birds as being provided for by their creator. Uh, perhaps you remember Jesus, he's talking about worry on the Sermon on the Mount. Don't worry. Don't worry about anything. And, and he says, consider the birds of the air. What does he say? They don't. They don't store up. They don't store up, right? They don't store up, but the Lord provides for these. Uh, and then, you know, Jesus says, and how much more would, uh, how much more valuable are you than a bird uh, that Jesus, is one, the kingdom will provide for you? In the imagery of Matthew 6, though, Jesus makes birds sound very vulnerable, right? If it weren't for God's care, these silly birds, they're just out there not storing away. They would starve, but God provides for them. God makes sure that, that they have what they need. In Matthew 13, then, this thing that has grown out of the seed of the kingdom, it provides shelter for these vulnerable ones for whom God is intending to provide care. Brothers and sisters, I, I believe that if we are truly going to reflect the values of the kingdom to our world, we must provide safety and security for those who are vulnerable among us. Uh, to, the best of our, to the best of our ability, we, we need to provide safe, healthy environment, secure environment for, for those who are vulnerable in our midst. For children, we, we need to provide for the needs of of those who are sick, for those uh, who, who are going through periods of scarcity. We, we must, if we are going to reflect the value of the kingdom to this world, we must look for those who, who would be widows and orphans in, in the scriptural terms, but those who have no means of, of providing for themselves, those who need help from others in order to provide. We, we as a church need to be about that work. Go ahead. Um, and I want to say that, uh, you know, Pastor Paul mentioned earlier, the sheep and the goats. Um, Jesus didn't come and say, oh, you were part of First Naz, so you are now a sheep. He's talking to each person individually. Um, he's not saying, oh, well, you were part of a church that did this, even though you mm -hmm. didn't do it. Um, and this is this is really important to me. I've heard people say this before. Oh, you should you should come check out our church because our church does all these things. And so I've asked, well, what do you do? They're like, well, we don't do anything. We just go to this church that does all these really cool things. Mm. And so this is a call here that we are to continue to grow the kingdom of, of heaven. We are part of it. We are Christ's ambassadors, and that means that we are the hands and feet of Jesus. And we are called to love God and love others, meaning that we are called to look after the vulnerable personally and individually. Yeah, yeah. The, the imagery of a plant providing security for, for a vulnerable bird the plant doesn't fight against it. <laughs> the plant doesn't say, no, not you. The plant is, is there to, to provide space. 
Um, and, and so, so I, I hope that we could take this into this coming week as, as kingdom citizens and, and hear the message of Jesus. The, the, the two really amazing messages of this parable May we be aware of the potential that we carry with, with us as citizens of the kingdom of heaven. Uh, may, may we be ready to, to, in the imagery of the first parable in this chapter that Brooke spoke so well to, may we be ready to sow generously the seed that God has entrusted to us. May we be ready to, to give the hope that comes from the kingdom to anyone who, who would hear the message May we be ready to share the reason for the hope that we have, this kingdom that we are citizens of. We have a king who loves us, who welcomes us into his presence. And then as a body, may we reflect the goodness of this kingdom by being ready to welcome with open arms those who, who need a safe place, those, those who are vulnerable, those who are without. May, may we be ready to reflect the values of the kingdom to the world around us. We're, we're going to finish our time together with, by celebrating communion. And uh, we, we, we talk about communion as the Lord's table, the Lord's supper. And, and as we think about ourselves as kingdom citizens, I, I was thinking about one of the images that comes in scripture of the table. The, the, the table uh, in, the, in the psalm, in Psalm 23 um, Jesus, Jesus welcomes us to his table, we say, in, in communion. Jesus is our host. Jesus is the one who, who is serving us. It's not any of us who are serving. It is, it is Jesus who, who gives us this meal. In, in Psalm 23, we, we remember the words of the psalmist when talking about God's goodness to, to the psalmist. He says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. As, as citizens of the kingdom of heaven, we are, we are planted in this world that is, is not our home. In this world where we can feel like there are enemies around. In this world where, where we don't feel necessarily safe. But Jesus has promised to be with his disciples even to the very end of the age. He's promised to, to set a table before us even in the presence of of our enemies. And so this morning, as citizens of the kingdom of heaven, ambassadors in this world for the message of the kingdom, we come to the table to, to receive from Jesus, our host. Uh, Jesus instituted this himself, and he said, do this in remembrance of me. And when we come to communion and when we receive, it's remembering his death and his suffering, but also it reminds us of his resurrection and our future when, when Jesus comes back again. And so this is all kind of encapsulated into one. Um, and we, as a church of the Nazarene, um, believe in open communion. So that means that you don't need to be a member at this church. You don't need to be baptized. Um, but we are asking that you are genuinely seeking after the Lord and that you love him. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. This, this reminder of Jesus' suffering and death, but the reminder of that heavenly table when Jesus will welcome everyone who loves him. To, to dine in his presence. So will you pray with me? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you, God, for this day that we've been reminded of all the work that you're doing in and through our church. And we pray, Lord, that you would continue to inspire us and direct us as a congregation, as leaders. Give us wisdom and passion and vision, Lord, as we consider the ways that 
you will use us. We thank you, God, for the opportunity we have now to come and celebrate this meal, this meal that bonds us together, this meal that reminds us that we are one body coming to the table of one Lord who is Jesus. He invites us. He welcomes us. He serves us. He provides the bread and the wine. He gives us his body and his blood so that we could be partakers in his kingdom. We could be given his grace to be messengers and ambassadors of his kingdom. And so we remember how on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it. He gave it to his disciples and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Take and eat in remembrance of me. And after the meal, he took the cup and he blessed it and he gave it to his disciples saying, this is my blood poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of the sins, blood of the new covenant, take and drink in remembrance of me. And so Lord, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts, we ask that you would pour out your Holy Spirit on these gifts of bread and juice. May they be for us the body and blood of Jesus, that we would be for the world, his body redeemed by his blood. We thank you, God, that you've invited us into this place. We thank you, God, for, for the open invitation to your table. We pray, Lord, that now we would, we would receive as those looking for your grace to be faithful ambassadors of your kingdom message. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for the First NAS podcast. We hope to see you soon in person at 1700 8th Street in Lewiston.